Welcome to The Unshrew Show, where I talk about the reality of being a millennial without all the rants. This episode is called Career Cul-de-Sac. Hey guys, I am back and I'm excited to be here. I told y'all I wasn't going anywhere. I, like I said, have been thinking about podcasting for a long time and planning out some really cool content for you guys. So I hope you're ready. Today I'm going to talk about career cul-de-sac. So the last episode I talked a little bit about me going back to school. So I'm in B school, um, I'm getting my MBA. And it's been a really cool journey and it was a really good decision for me. So just talking about how I kind of got to this decision and a couple things professionally um, where I've been and what made me decide like this is it for me. This is what I need to do right now. So uh, I called this episode Career Cul-de-Sac for a couple reasons. So dictionary defines cul-de-sac as a street or passage closed at one end. And so I think it's the perfect way to describe where I have been professionally lately. I think that I'm definitely going round and round and a lot of opportunities are out there and I really like what I do is I work in digital marketing. So I get to do email marketing, social media stuff, uh, look at website analytics um, and that's cool and all, but I've really, in the last two years, like looked at what I really like about that, what really frustrates me about that space, what I'm really good at, and stuff I 100% don't want to do anymore. And that's why I feel like it's a cul-de-sac, because there's really an endless possibility of directions that I can go. And I feel fortunate and grateful because of that. But there's also just so many things out there and the nature of this space that I'm in um, that makes it difficult, you know, and that kind of makes that round and round loop keep going and going and going. So in late 2017, I kind of found myself professionally like in this rut where I was like, gosh, I'm not doing exactly what I want to do. And like I said, I like the space that I'm in, but my role kind of shifted and I just wasn't feeling it. And so the momentum or movement was happening in one direction, but it necessarily isn't the direction I want to go in, which I kind of want my career to go like uphill and it just really is more going round and round. And so that's where I got found the most tension between my feelings is like, okay, round and round is cool and it's been great for a while, but you know, I'm trying to get off this, this part of the the walk or this part of the roller coaster and I don't want to go in circles and I want to go in the more upward motion. So it's kind of like that song going in circles by friends of distinction. And I totally had to look up the, the uh, singers of that song. Cause I've heard it thousands of times, but did not know who sang it. Um, but anyway, it just talks about going round and round and round. Um, the song's more about feelings, but this is more about career. So, uh, but I definitely can relate to that sentiment of just round and round and round like groundhog day, as opposed to, every day being different or moving just elsewhere. So anyway, (laughs) uh, ultimately the conclusion that I came to was, um, there's two things that I'm really disappointed with about my, my personal career. And the first thing is a disappointment with my day-to-day tasks. And then the second is a disappointment with the lack of and level of authority that I have. So those are two things I can take full responsibility and ownership for, I can't really own anything else. I can't own the culture of my workplace. I can't own the business needs, leadership, anything like that. So those are two specific things that relate to me that I can say, these are things that just don't make me happy. So in knowing that, how can I get to a place of unhappiness? So 
identifying those two things I'd say is your first step if you're kind of stuck professionally or even if you're not stuck professionally just kind of recognizing like these are the tasks that I'm totally awesome at and these are the tasks that I'm just not that great at so how can I either get better at them or outsource them so really looking at the root of your unhappiness and like I said those are the two roots of mine um where I feel like my expertise is being used to drive decision making uh and it's but it's not used decisively to make them and then it's also not completely owned by me so I'm helping other people and giving them recommendations and they're taking the recommendations and owning them as their own or they're taking them and driving them forward to get buy-in for the idea and that's cool but I kind of just feel like I, you know, just want to be in a different space with that idea. Like if I'm driving the expertise behind the idea or the recommendation, I'd love to fully own my, my project. I'd love to fully own my idea. I'd love to fully own my concept to get that buy-in, to drive the project forward to the finish line. So what really helped me understand that root of unhappiness was journaling pausing before responding to anything and just really taking a look back at myself um I think my first reaction when I realized gosh I'm just so not happy with what I'm doing was to just blame everybody I was like oh it's my manager oh it's because my job responsibilities change it oh it's because of the place and you know it's really easy to find a scapegoat when you're not feeling something like it's always easy to place blame elsewhere but turning the mirror on myself like you know man in the mirror type fives just being like okay what is this really because I could go somewhere else and have the exact same sentiment of it's the place it's the culture it's the company it's the it's my manager it's the sun today like it literally could be anything. So just kind of owning like I'm the same in every scenario. I'm taking me to all these places. So what about me does not like this? Like what about me does not fit into this puzzle? What about me is just not feeling it? So really like asking myself like, hey, like what the, what's really going on? Because it can't be this person or that person or this person or this place or, you know, it's 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 getting to that root of like, what what is it? What's really happening here? And so the second thing I really did was I took action. So I'm not saying like jump, jump up and quit your job. I definitely did that before earlier in my career where I was like, this doesn't fit. I'm not growing in the direction I want to go. And I quit without another job lined up, Um, you know cheers to youth I guess but I definitely learned a lot during that season because I really became a hustler like I quit and I was like I'm gonna do this I got this and I just made a lot of things happen for myself and I learned so many things but where I am now I am not gonna do that (laughs) uh you know I'm not gonna do that um But what I did end up doing was saying, okay, what have I been thinking about for a long time that's going to take me to the next level professionally that I can just really push to do right now? And that thing, that move that I made was to go to grad school. I had really been thinking about it. I toured grad schools. I'd taken the GMAT, but I just kept dragging my feet about the process. So finally, summer 2018, I just got tired of talking. I took the GMAT and I was like, you know what, whatever the scores and my scores did go up. So I'd taken it before and I wanted a higher score. I said, whatever the score is this time, I'm, I'm done. Like I'm done taking this. That season is over. I'm sending off my applications. I had my essays done. I had my recommendations in. I was like, I'm tired of dragging my feet on this. 
and I applied and got accepted. And I submitted my deposit and things just kind of rolled into place. I was just so tired of thinking about something. Like, do you ever spend too much time? Kind of like the previous episode where I talked about the brainstorm phase. Like I had spent too much time in my head romanticizing this idea of I got to go to grad school. I got to do this as opposed to just applying and getting that over with and moving on to the next step. So I just don't like staying in phases too long. And I'd spent so long in that phase where I kind of got to the point where I was bubbling over like I'm doing this or I'm letting it go. Either I want to do this now. I'm going to stop talking about it and start being about it. And that's what I did. And I'm so thankful I did because it was the best decision I'd made professionally in a long time. And it's taught me so much just in a year of about myself and about where I'd like to go next and about, you know, interpersonal skills. Cause I think a lot of me didn't even realize how much of that I would learn by going back to school. I thought, Oh, you know, I'm just going to have the MBA and be able to have the bragging rights. But sometimes you don't really romanticize the work that goes into getting to the next level. So it's been very good experience and I've learned so much and grown a lot. Um, So one of my favorite books that I've ever read about career related stuff is called what got you here won't get you there. And it is by Marshall Goldsmith. And I picked this up a couple years ago, but it's definitely one of those books on my shelf that I always refer back to, especially when I'm thinking about elevating to the next level. And it talks about in the book, it says, when it comes to thoughts we hold inside of our heads, we are not self-deprecating. We are self-aggrandizing. And that's a good thing. And aggrandizing means we're wide and scoped and we want to increase in size and be greater. So sometimes I have these like really big ideas and they are aggrandizing and they are great and awesome. And I really would love to put my, keep my mind more on those versus those self-deprecating thoughts. Cause they're not always in my head, but they do kind of creep in like, why do you want to do this? And those self-aggrandizing ones are the ones where it's like dream bigger you can do this you can make this happen uh set your mind to it go for it you know that song from say by the bell (laughs) I always think about the episode where they're like a music group and then they're like set your mind to it go for it you got to break a sweat and they're just trying to like pump you up and get you excited and maybe that's the song I need to play for myself in my head every morning like get it together because you can do this Um, and then another thing that the book does is it lists out things that people try to do to make things better, but oftentimes you kind of make things worse. And it kind of says that, um, it talks about like what's wrong with us. So there are a couple of transactional flaws that we do. Uh, from one person to another in the workplace and even just in life in general. And there's 20 of them on here. And I feel like I kind of read them and I was like, whoa, okay, this is the reason why I need to pick this book up again, because it's always right on time. And um, one of the things that I do is I try to be helpful when people haven't asked for it. So sometimes they'll ask me a question like, why is the sky blue today? And I'll say, well, the sky is blue and give an answer to that. And I was like, you know, but you can make it red if you did X, Y, Z. Well, they didn't ask how to make it red. And at that point, I'm adding, or I'm trying to improve an idea and the idea only improves by 5%. But it has reduced the person's commitment of the idea by 50%. Because they've essentially feel like it's my idea now, and that I've taken ownership of their good idea of making the sky blue by telling them it should be red. So 
I had a big issue with that where I'm like, well, you know, I'm supposed to be the subject matter expert where I work, but sometimes people aren't asking me for my subject matter expertise on the whole project. They're just asking for one specific detail. So really listening to what they're asking, giving them that, and then just using my energy for good in other ways. <laughs> that's really been something that's been helpful to me for the last several months. Um, and even in working in a group for my MBA program, it's really been helpful just because it's like, sometimes I don't have to do every little thing or I don't have to own every little idea. And I love it when I have my ideas and I get to drive them forward. But you know, like other people have ideas too. So just let them own them and let them drive them forward. And then I don't have to do that work, but I can help them where they need it. Uh, as I talked about before, my love language is acts of service. So just recognizing that not all acts are serving or helpful to other people. So figuring out where to draw the line between, okay, I'm really being helpful. This person really needs me. And where I'm like, you know, no, they don't really need that advice, how to make the sky red. They didn't ask for it. And the sky can be blue. That's cool. Just let them roll with it. They brought this idea out, let them have it. Um, and again, uh, just kind of going back to the sentiment that the book says, the higher you go, the more your problems are behavioral. So it just talks about how your interpersonal challenges are what kind of stand in the way of you getting to the next level. And it talks about like leadership. When you talk about leadership, you don't think like, oh, that person's so talented. You think about how likable they are. Uh, so would you rather have someone who's like superbly talented, but nobody likes them or somebody who's like moderately talented, but is a people person, everybody thinks highly of them. Everybody wants to be around them. When you really think of those things side by side, you realize like, wow, interpersonal stuff really matters because I want to be around someone that likes me, not someone that's super smart and a know-it-all. And that's one of the things on the list of 20 flaws that we have, transactional flaws that we perform. It is uh, telling the world how smart we are. So do you want to be around that person who's like, I'm smart, I'm awesome? Or do you want to be around that person that you just genuinely like? You know that they're smart, but they don't always rub it in your face. Yeah, something to think about, right? <laughs> I definitely would rather be around the person who I know they're smart, but they're not rubbing it in my face. Uh, and just just recognizing that, like, do I want to be the know-it-all in the room or do I want to be the person that gets invited back? Because, you know, the know-it-all doesn't always get invited back to the room. I was actually looking on Twitter today and um, the actress was talking about being denied attendance to a party. Like she wasn't on the guest list and they didn't want to let her in. Long story short, someone snuck her in. And then the person whose party it was had security come over and say, hey, you weren't invited. You got to go. And the actress was really upset. But it, to me, it was kind of like, well, they told you they didn't want you there. And you still try to make your way in the space. So that was problem number one. And the person was really like playing victim. Like, gosh, no, why didn't my, my co-stars fight for me? Why didn't anybody try to help her let me get in the door? And I kind of started realizing maybe it's because they don't like you. I mean, you hate to assume, but it's just one of those things. It's just like, I don't know. I don't want to force myself into a room where nobody wants me to be, but I also would love for everybody to want me to be there just because they genuinely like me, respect me and appreciate me. So kind of made me feel bad for the actress, but also more for the person who hosted the party where she snuck in because that's kind of messed up. Um, if you've, you know, told the person you don't want them there, but 
I don't know. I want to be the person that's on the guest list. So that's the part that kind of made me feel bad. But maybe it's a good man in the mirror moment for her to be like, gosh, why didn't they want me at that party? Like, why was I uninvited? You know, I feel some kind of way for not being included, maybe trying to make amends to the person instead of, you know, blasting them or talking really bad about them. Maybe this is an opportunity for you guys to rebuild the relationship or understand what the problems are. I'm always, or I used to be that person who would want to avoid those hard conversations, but those are the conversations that really help you grow where you talk about the problem. I mean, if you don't want to talk about the problem, talk through it, that's going to be really bad for a friendship, for, you know, any relationship. So not being able to talk about stuff just isn't going to work out too well in terms of interpersonally. Okay, so I've covered how you should identify your disappointments, really looking at the root of the unhappiness, and then also talk through uh, after you realize the disappointments are like, what do you do? Like, how do you take action and making a big step? And that was me going to grad school. And so the third thing that I really had to look at was if I'm lacking in authority at work and I'm disappointed with my tasks and day-to-day responsibilities, where can I find a space where I am accepted and um, affirmed for what I know and celebrated for what I know uh, and where I'm listened to for what I know. Like, where can I find that space where I'm getting the affirmation that I'm missing and craving professionally? Um, And not just professionally, well, mostly just professionally, but where can I get that affirmation I'm not getting there? So at the time I had a... um, you know, opportunity to speak in one of my classes for school. And so I jumped all over that opportunity and I got so much affirmation from my classmates like, wow, what you do is so awesome. What you know is so great. And it it was definitely a ego boosting moment. And I think we all need those ego boosters. So I had that opportunity. Then I've had other opportunities just kind of say like, I can take charge of this and drive it forward. I joined the student council for my MBA program. So that gave me the opportunity to lead the marketing efforts and to help support the vision of, you know, the things that we'd like to do as a group. So giving me those spaces where, okay, if I'm lacking in one area, it's kind of like the book, How Full Is Your Bucket? I don't know if you guys have ever heard of that. So it talks about how you have to fill your bucket before you can fill up other people's buckets. So having my bucket be drained and disappointed, you know, in the workplace, I had to go to other places to get it filled. So getting that fulfillment through, you know, school activities and even through the information affirmations of my friends, um, it's been really awesome to have that counter the negativity that I kind of feel or the disappointment that I kind of feel about being in that cul-de-sac. So finding those spaces and places where you're just appreciated. And sometimes it's just you're appreciated for who you are, not necessarily just what you do or what you know. It's been really special to me. You know, I have, um, like I said, the friends who really boost me up and they're like, wow, you have a great idea. And they also kind of call me out when I'm not really doing what I need to do. So finding that balance of support and then just truthfulness and honesty like people who can be honest and vulnerable with you that you can listen to uh has been awesome and it's been something that I've I don't take for granted especially just based on everything I've been through the last couple months it's just like okay I appreciate you being there for me you respecting me and you acknowledging the things that I believe about myself that I don't always feel 
like other people at work believe or other people in other spaces believe. So having that support group and having your squad is essential. (laughs) Gotta have them, gotta have people behind you who are just boosting you and gassing you when you run out of gas and when your bucket is not full. I used to mentor um, an elementary school student. I remember she was in maybe fourth grade and we read the book, How Full Is Your Bucket for Kids? Because there was a kid's version and I love her response to it because she immediately understood the concept of speaking life into others and filling them up, but also knowing you have to fill up your bucket as well. So there's no way I can pour into her or into the projects at work with the patience, the level of patience required without making sure my bucket is full and making sure I'm taking care of me. And that might be a whole other discussion topic of like self-care because I've never really been into that. But as I've gone through this, I've just said like, okay, I got to take care of myself. I had to have a mental health Friday where I, you know, take the day off. And I went to see Endgame a couple months ago at a matinee at the um, Eden Theater near my house. So I had lunch. I think I had like a um, Prosecco and just watched it it was the theater was full but it wasn't sold out and it was the middle of the day so I didn't hit all the spoilers on Twitter and it just was a really nice day to just kind of say like I'm taking this day for me and I want to do this and just be clear and free of any type of work stress and just to have that day for me I was like I'm not doing schoolwork I'm not doing work work. I'm not checking my email. I'm just going to go enjoy myself. So taking those days and just saying, I can't do this today or I need to get away. And, you know, staycations are a thing. So maybe just going for a massage or mani-pedi or yoga. I've gotten really into yoga and I have some stretch goals. Like I really want to improve my flexibility. So just setting those goals and making the focus not so much of work. I think work is very all consuming for me because like I said, I like what I do a lot. Um, But I also had to find a way to get outlets, especially this podcast is an outlet. And then my blog and writing, getting back into those things that I really like to do instead of being so drained or laser focused on the things that I don't like to do, because that can be all consuming where I'm just wrapped up in, gosh, I can't stand doing this. (laughs) And life is not supposed to be that way. I think there's some things we have to do, even if we don't like them, like I'm not really good at folding clothes, but I have to do it. Um, I don't like it, but I have to because, you know, can't have your clothes laying everywhere, need to have them folded up. So there's things like that. But then there's also things where I can kind of say okay I don't like to do this and I don't necessarily have to do it so you know just just recognizing that not forcing myself into things I don't really like um you know just just understanding yourself a little bit better and I think all of us should strive to do that a lot more I have so many awesome books I've read that are professional life givers and they give me a lot of perspective about career stuff I know I mentioned what got you there won't get you here And that, no, what got you here won't get you there. (laughs) It's easy to mix that title up, but what got you here, everything that got me to this place in my career isn't going to take me to the next level. So I think that's why it's always a great book to go back to because you're always going to be moving. And even if you're moving in a cul-de-sac, I think there's still things to learn, still interpersonal skills, still 
um, other skills that I can expand on and other knowledge that I can gain while I'm in that cul-de-sac and until I get ready to make that move up. So acknowledging that there's, there's still room to grow here, even though I don't feel like I'm getting the movement or the traction that I'd like. So I'd love that book for, for what it, what it gives me in terms of the support and the expertise and the knowledge to be like, here's areas where I'm not so strong and here's how I can grow. So I highly, highly recommend reading it. What got you here won't get you there is when I talked about a lot, uh, how full is your bucket? I haven't read the adult version, but honestly, the kid version is excellent. So if you want to just, you know, read through that, I've gifted it a couple times because it's just such a great book and a necessary lesson that all of us need. You know, the kid version talks a lot about kids being bullied or being mean to your siblings, but it definitely applies to adults because, you know, we're mean to our siblings and we got workplace bullies, but I think it's just a really great concept about how you got to put on your oxygen mask first before you can really do the work to be helpful and valuable to others. So some of my disappointment with my tasks, tasks at work, my day-to-day tasks was coming through when I'd have to help people. So if I'm really disappointed about the tasks and someone asks for my support, that's when I start trying to add too much value. And so having a balance between understanding, okay, I'm disappointed with my tasks, but it has nothing to do with this person asking me for help. So don't try to give them more than what they're asking and really try to support the idea that they have to help them drive it forward. So looking at things a lot differently than the way I was looking at them before and just taking a step back, editing emails and just really watching my uh, my pouring out into others and making sure that I'm full. So having all that stuff in check is really helpful. A couple other career books that I really like, uh, I really love Born Standing Up by Steve Martin. He's an awesome writer. If you're looking for a really good career story, he talks a lot about how he put in so much work to be a comedian, but he was only famous, like super, super wildly famous for maybe five to 10 years of his career. But it took maybe 15 to 20 to get there. So just giving you a little bit of perspective of, yeah, you know, he's Steve Martin. When I think Steve Martin, I think father of the bride, you know, I think Saturday night live, but the, before he got there, that story is really interesting. And like I said, he's a really great writer. And when I was in a, in that career season where I just ambitiously quit my job <laughs> and I was a consultant for a couple of years and, you know, uh, influencer into that influencer marketing thing, doing digital marketing on my own, reading anyone's memoir about their career story is, is great because no one, no two stories are the same. Nobody has the same path. Some people, it might take them 20 years to get there. Some people might take them 10, but the, the the similarity in the story is that everybody has a season of not knowing a season of you know trying to figure it out what's going to work and just pushing through that and I just really appreciate his and his his vulnerability and honesty around it another one that I really love is if you have to cry go outside by Kelly Catrone it's very tough love but also very real and very frank about being a woman and just pushing your way 
through, pushing your way through. Um, if you guys don't know who Kelly Catron is, I think my first introduction to her was on the Hills. She was a manager and she owns a business called People's Revolution. So it's a PR firm in fashion. And I'm taking a sip of black tea, sorry. Uh, it's a PR firm in fashion. So they do a lot of fashion shows at Fashion Week, New York, Paris, and Los Angeles. And so she's... If you ever heard her or seen her on the hills or seen her, she had a show for a while. Um, she's very direct. Uh, and that's how her writing style is. It's very direct, like, this is what I do. This is who I am. But it took her a while to get there. So it just talks about her trajectory there, like where she started, how she got into doing what she does. It's a very interesting career to have a company that puts on fashion shows so just learning about how all that works how it goes together I highly recommend that one as well and I think that's a wrap for this week I hope you guys have gotten a little bit of information to take away from today and I would love it if you would follow me on iTunes or Google Play or Podbean if you're listening there and if you want to follow me on social media I am the great Anna J Twitter Instagram and Facebook that's my name there too yeah. <laughs> and my blog is thegreatnannaj.com. So I will definitely be back. Like I said, I have a lot planned and in store for this podcast and this space. And hopefully we can continue growing together. Let me know what you like about this episode. I did get a message from my friend last week, Maria. That's a shout out to you this week. She said that I have a great podcast voice and she really enjoyed the show. So um, hopefully she'll keep listening or she's listening this week. And Anyone else, let me know what you think. I'll give you guys a shout out in the future weeks and can't wait to connect with you guys again. Hope, let me know what you liked again (laughs) and talk with you soon. Bye.